0: You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace.
1: Well, it's like when we audit the mod with mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk.
0: Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects.
2: It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners. Now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove The agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table.
0: And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level.
2: Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win.
0: This is Power Producers Shop Talk.
2: Production, redefined. Are you ready to feel the power What's up, everybody? Welcome to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game, and we are doing it again this week with the one, the only, CEO, co-founder, producer extraordinaire, vessel owner and operator, <laughs> Mr. Peter McDonald. That is the most important what's part. What's up, man?
3: <laughs> I'm just looking forward to getting out my vessel this week, and we're going to be putting the sales up and getting out there, so hey, what's going on? My wife has been
2: away all weekend. I'm looking forward to my vessel getting a little used this week too. <laughs> so. So,
3: someone's got to make sure that the brews are cold, right? Oh my
2: goodness! I, goodness I can cold. tell you, man it's been a it's been a doozy at our house between shopping for Kyle's wife's handbags <laughs> and her being gone all week, and me dealing uh, with my kids. Like what a night! Uh, the whole thing if you ever need if you ever need like collections work done or anything along those lines Kyle's wife I've never seen a dog on a bone like her over this this uh, this you know the thing is she thinks
1: she she's gonna use it all the time she's gonna get it use it on one vacation and then never again like, what is this? Like you it, want to get like it's a, it's you want to get
2: ten of the same? No, or? it's a, no. She wants she wants the Louis Vuitton bum bag. It's like it goes like kind of across,
1: and it's like a little. It's a
2: fanny pack, man. It's what it is.
1: It's a fanny pack that goes like kind of over your shoulder, from what I remember. Right. That. Or across your had. chest. There's yeah, yeah, trust whatever, me, there's all right. kinds
2: of ways they can wear it. I've heard every single one of them. And this all is spawned from the fact my wife wore yeah. it down Thanks, in Annie. That's true. My wife, wife, that saw. is true.
3: My wife told me that. She's like, everybody yeah. wants this bag now. Right. I will say, David, to your credit, my wife was telling me today, she's like, Everybody loves my freaking hat. They're all asking about it. She's wearing the <laughs> killing commercial hat out here in the Cape. So That's awesome. You know, props to you, man.
2: Cool. Which one's she wearing? The one with the palm trees on it?
3: you know i don't know hers is blue and white and then i told yep. her I was like, you can wear mine too i think there's like some some other colors there on it I don't yeah know. we got some variety i love it you gotta love the variety
2: absolutely so we're, we were talking about gap analysis on the last episode when we got off we started thinking about what we wanted to walk through this time and um broker selection came up so let's talk about broker selection
3: Let's talk about it. How, how are you guys running broker selection today? You talk to your customers about that at all?
2: We educate every single one of our clients. Absolutely. We do. Um it, I mean, honestly, man, that's one of the biggest things you have to overcome if you're gonna try and, and get an account on an AOR, right? Like, what's your process? Most people don't understand. Look, I've been I've been on record probably hundreds of times at this point, with as many places as I spoke over the summer. But these people don't you – know, our, our prospects don't know how to buy insurance, right? Like, they, they don't know. Like, they, they know what they know. But at the end of the day, nobody has a college course. Nobody has a high school class that says how to procure business uh, insurance for your company. It, it just doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. We're the Our industry is who taught people how to buy insurance. So when we right. get pissed off because people black out exposure data – or they won't give you deck pages, or they're going to go to fifteen different agents to get quotes, or whatever else. Don't get uh. mad at them. Get mad at our industry because we're the ones that have conditioned them to do that. And the only reason they're continuing to do it is because nobody has come along and effectively explained why broker selection is the best method for doing this.
3: By the I'm just thinking. I got. I, I had a prospect. They they whited out the uh, exposure data, and I remember. I best. sat down
1: and I. I, started I have a current client a bit. that whited out <laughs> the exposure data. He did.
2: It's it's our client and they whited it out for us on the renewal. It's like, what are you um, doing, um, <laughs> bro?
1: You know that I. I, I you know that I know your information, right? Like, <sighs> and and that I need this when I go back to the carrier to try to get your renewal. Like, you you understand that I that it's like information that I'm going to ask you for, right?
3: I just remember the prospect, his insurance was in a really bad spot and he was in the excess and surplus market because his business, whatever. And I remember I was kind of sitting there, I was laughing. I was like, Hey man, like you can choose how you want to do business and who you want to partner with. When you partner with me, like you're partnering with an expert who knows what he's talking about. Like I can quickly calculate what this stuff is looking at the policy. And like, I went and did that. So he knew that I knew what I was talking about. Um, and I was like, listen, if you want to work together, like don't make my job harder. Um, just, you know, and that's, and that's kind of along the same lines as broker selection. And I think part of it is, that's just important to talk through is where else is it that we're only allowed to like talk to one competitive company to do business together to get the best pricing, right? It's just such a weird
2: Or, or what other transaction are you going to run into in your life where you're going to have, where you're not able to control and leverage right. all of the different, you know, Quotes against each other and and working the underwriters the right way. It's like I I, t- I ask people you know and I'm I'm a little bit of a smart alec sometimes. I know that's probably difficult for you to, to comprehend it. <laughs> but I'll go in and just say um, I apologize, man. I thought you were an HVAC contractor, not a risk manager. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What do you really know about this process? You know, I don't don't go out and fix my own HVAC. That's a a little
3: flippant way. I don't know if I'd say it like that, but that's a a pretty, uh, I mean, it's interesting. Um. It might not work on the Cape, but it works in
1: Tampa, Florida. (laughs) On or off Cape.
2: yeah no seriously I mean in the, in the, the yeah. whole point is I'm not gonna go fix my air conditioning if it breaks why are you trying to to do this like this is the most important in, in the it comes down to control man it honestly does if you think about it most of the people that we're meeting with are high high energy they're they're in executive positions in their companies Agreed. and they just want Agreed. to control the mm. process and Sometimes they're willing to listen to what you have to say and move away from what they've done. Sometimes they're not. If they want to work with Florida Risk Partners, it's broker selection only. We're not going to bid. We're not going to do RFP or any of that stuff.
3: Yeah, so let's, let's break this down for your listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, right? Because this is a little bit confusing. This is like, let's suppose you're going to buy some new AirPods, some headphones, and you go on Amazon and you look at the price... And then you go to Target to get a price for the AirPods and Target's like, I'm sorry, David, I can't give you a price for the AirPods because you are already working with Amazon. And you're like, what are you talking about? I was just looking at the cost at Amazon. I didn't agree to anything. And they're like, I know, but unfortunately, we can't give you a price for the AirPods unless you send us this letter that assigns us as your retailer of choice. And that's what we have to communicate to our prospects and customers. And, I think if we give it a fair look, you know, and to your earlier point, like we have to blame ourselves. It doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of cases. Um, and so it's a weird topic. It's one that people get so confused at. And when you try and explain it to them, they almost get angry at you as the bearer of the news. Um, and so it's just something you have to think through like, how are you going to communicate this to my prospects and
1: customers? What are your, what are your, what's your take on that?
2: Kyle, you're nodding. what What's your take?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it. Is, I, I agree with you. Like sometimes they look at you like it's your fault because you're explaining how it works to them, you know. <laughs> and it's like, you know, how do you do that without um, without getting them to feel that way? I mean, I think that's I think that's the challenge of it sometimes. But I have, I mean, I that's why one of the questions that I ask a lot. I've been noticing this a lot with some of the trucking leads that have been coming in. Is they will be shopping everywhere, and they will have already had several co- quotes come in. So, <laughs> in an effort to not waste my time, I want to find that out on the front end. But I, I just explain how that works to them. Like, look, you know, because you've already been shopping elsewhere, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be blocked. I'm not gonna be able to leverage anything for you. Go ahead.
2: I take it a step Fit. further because I think that the problem is that the average prospect out there or client for that matter doesn't understand their online their their, their reputation in the insurance marketplace they think that they're right. doing something that's going to advance their opportunity by going to 15 carriers. And the way I explain it, I really do say what I said. I mean, Kyle's probably been in a meeting with me before. Yeah, and I've done it. you don't say that and to I'm everybody, laughing. but
1: there are, I, you know, know, yeah,
2: I'm, I'm laughing. You're softening when I say it up a
1: little bit, and there are certain, yeah. you know, there, there's certain situations where you know that the person's going to be a little bit more receptive, and based on the conversation sure. that you've had, that, you know, they understand that you're not being, you know, yeah, I'm not meeting
2: with, with the snapper head that decided it was wise <laughs> to comment on my LinkedIn post of Ethan wearing a backpack blower as to why we don't teach him to wear hearing protection. Like, what are you, <laughs> freaking moron? I make Dude, a comment. Shut up, Yeah, I, I posted on my LinkedIn about my special needs son being so motivated to help us in the yard that he goes in and puts the blower on, and the guy comes out and he says, why don't you teach, you know, somebody should spend time teaching him about personal protective equipment. And he was not kidding, by the way. Like, I expected to get that from somebody that's like, my friend that was just busting my balls, but this guy didn't do that. So I wrote back and I said, actually, as his parents, we spend the majority of our time talking to him about not engaging in conversations where they bring no value. And I said, furthermore, wow. this is an electric blower and doesn't uh, emit enough noise to warrant hearing protection. And then he made a comment about me because I'm toting the edger in the background and I don't have my glasses on. I wasn't even edging. I was done. I took my glasses <laughs> off, put Who them in is my this pocket. Guy? Yeah, I said, and by the way, I said, I took my eye protection off, put it in my pocket because I was done edging and taking my edger into the garage.
1: Johnny life, Safety Patrol. Life is,
2: yeah, life isn't always as it seems there, Mr. Hall Pass Monitor. You know no what I mean? Kidding. Come on, guy. Really? That's what you're. That's what your life is based on is trolling I my LinkedIn about my special needs son's hearing God, protection. I, oh, and I also said, by the way, if you have tips for how to get a special needs child with sensory issues to put anything over or in their ears, I'm wide open yeah. for your suggestions. God. So, anyhow, I hate, enough about I that. Hate what the I gonna, internet but so what I was going to say is people don't understand their reputation in the marketplace. And I tell them, if you go out and you use multiple brokers and you go to 15 different carriers every year, 14 of them lose. And at some point they're tired of losing And so I can't even tell you, Peter, the number of times in my career where I've gotten somebody to understand that. And now I have to go and do damage control to open those markets back up. And the only reason I'm able to do it is because it's a different agency and they understand how we got the deal. And I have to spend the time explaining that to the underwriters to even get them to consider it.
3: So here's the challenge, right? People listening to this right now, they're like, oh yeah, we got to do broker selection. And I heard Kyle talking about it. He said... I'm going to be blocked. They heard David talking about it. He's kind of saying you're doing it wrong, right? And so if your message from a sales perspective to your prospect or customer is I'm going to be blocked. You're doing it wrong. They're like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that the only like I've been buying insurance my whole freaking life and all of a sudden you come around, you're trying to win the business and you're telling me that I'm that you're going to be blocked and I'm doing it wrong. Screw you, man. I know what I'm doing. I'm not, you know, and so I think that at least from my perspective and my experience, the way I would explain it to people is I would ask them, David, Kyle, what's your strategy to make sure you're getting the best price from the market? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I just you know, go out to two different, three different brokers and this is what you know, we just get the pricing we, and, and we see how the bids come back. And I'm like, all right, is it okay if I explain to you how this works in reality? right? And so now you're framing it around, it's not about me being blocked it's not about them doing it the wrong way. It's more like, how are you strategizing about every part of your business, including soliciting bids from insurance companies? We have this weird way of getting pricing and insurance. There's no other industry that I'm aware of that works like it. Let's walk through it together. And that's typically how I lead into a conversation with somebody. Um, And what I would explain is like, listen, here's a pretty typical situation. you're, You're working with an existing agent. They're working on the renewal of the existing carrier. They're kind of locked in with that carrier. Now you start talking to two, three other brokers. One of those brokers inevitably is gonna get an insurance application in the door as soon as they finish talking to you and hang up the phone, maybe even before. I've seen this before where agents will literally send in an accord form just with someone's name. And what happens is out of respect to your data as the customer, that insurance company will only work with that one broker. Because they got in first. And listen, getting in first sometimes, hey, that person's doing their job good for them. But how do you know the story they're conveying about your business to this insurance carrier? That's going to become really important because again, they're the only ones that's going to work with them, right? And so it becomes a mess where maybe your existing broker Um, you know, they're reaching out to the existing renewal broker, the broker who got in fastest, he reaches out to everybody. And then other brokers start reaching out. And all of a sudden, the insurance underwriters, in some cases, they're just going to refuse to quote. They're going to say, this is a mess. They're going to say, clearly no one has this account. There's not a strategy to this. They're only working with one of the brokers. They're going to get a quote. But even when they get the quote back, it's not based on accurate information because different agents don't do the same level of work. So whether they're quoting it off of you know last year's payroll or five years ago's revenue because no one's updating it, and so now you just have you're in, you know unable to uh, have an accurate comparison. Now listen, I'm already struggling. I'm like I'm sitting here thinking like because if I'm the prospect at this point, I'm like dude, I'm confused. <laughs> you know, and this is why I had a visual which is probably worthwhile. You know, ha- we we had a really good visual we'd share with our clients to uh, help explain the concept around you know why is someone blocking the market. Why are you not getting quotes? Why would an underwriter not give a quote for the? I business? just take a
2: burlap sack with ten cats in it in and let them loose on the conference room table and tell them that's what their marketing efforts look like for renewal.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one but strategy. I mean, seriously, man, that's so, the
2: whole thing. I don't think yeah. people and there's no other product and I hate to I hate to reduce what we do to a product. It's true, but let's just let's just do it for easy ter- easy terms. There's no other product out there where you're going to go out. And have fifteen people compete. I mean, when you go buy a new car, man, it's even though it's a little easier now to do your research on. I I will. I I, at least might not be a good idea because the last two cars I've bought, I bought online, sight unseen. So, but what I would say is, um, there's nothing else out there where you're gonna have that many people consciously fighting for your business, but not just your business, your time, your resources. You now are a quarterback of a process you really didn't want to put on your desk, and you get a bad taste in your mouth, and that's why these people don't want to meet with us. I shouldn't say that's the only reason, but that's one of them. If, if there is not a well-defined process for how they're going to procure their insurance and risk management needs, then it's going to be a headache, man. It's not. It's not like it's just normal business. You have a bunch of aggressive people who are fighting to win your your trust in your business, and now you have to manage them. And you don't have the ability to leverage the underwriters against each other because everybody's operating blind.
3: I think if you're explaining it uh, to anybody who's ever bought like a lead online, or at least can understand the concept of of a lead, back to your point about like buying a car online is you know, if you're, if you're um, getting a lead that, you know, five other people got versus you're getting a lead that only only you got from one person, like who are you going to give your attention to? And that's kind of the battle the underwriters have where if you're an underwriter, you know, if you have 20 submissions on your desk, 20 applications for insurance, and you have four applications for insurance from four different brokerages for the same account. Versus you have an account you hadn't seen in three years and you only got it from one broker who you know does a good job. Like, Who are you going to prioritize? Who are you going to give your time to? And that's kind of what you got to communicate to your clients in a way where you're like, people are actually competitive for your business, but there needs to be a strategy behind how you're do- you know, approaching the marketplace. And so what happens is if you just shotgun the market, talk to 10 you know, or three to four different brokers, they're all going to hit up the same markets. They're all going to hit Travelers, Hartford, whoever, like whoever their carriers are. And what's going to happen is, you know, Hartford's going to decline to quote. Uh, Travelers is only going to quote to whoever came in first. They're not necessarily looking at whoever has the most accurate information, who's doing the most uh, focus on a risk management. And it ends up limiting the amount of options that you get. Whereas if you think about creating a strategy, we say, well, why don't we work with one broker? We can, ass- he, can- he or she can assign the markets that we're going to use with that broker. Um And then if you're coming in, you can say, listen, we'll work with other markets, at least have that clearly delineated. Now, of course, um, it's great if you can get a broker record and you can just have all the markets assigned to you. I think there's a reality where in some cases, you might not be able to do that. There might be markets that you you don't have the ability to quote. And so you kind of have to recognize that as well. I know when we sold insurance, there were certain insurers we just didn't work with. Or you've got people that are working with a
2: direct writer right now, right? That's why I think that when you're dealing with the... When you're dealing with the uh, broker selection that's fine if you don't if you don't represent in you know um there's a lot there's several of them out there i still get a signed letter of engagement so that i can displace them i want the, the whole reason i do that is i want the psychological action of somebody having to physically sign a document saying we are hiring you for our insurance needs period i can't tender a, an agent of record letter with a captive carrier but what i can do is have a letter of right. engagement that formalizes that this person is going to hire my firm to handle this stuff for them. And they sign that and it's worthless on the streets, but at the end of the day, it's just one more thing. It's, it's just one more application of glue to, to keep the deal on the tracks.
3: Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting here listening to this and this conversation thinking about it. It's such a, it's such a weird thing to communicate to people, but it's such an important piece to have something where you rehearsed it and it, and it comes across, across smoothly, you know, in, in 60 to 90 seconds where you can paint the picture in the prospect's mind hey, rather than shotgunning the market with three different brokerages who are all going to hit the same insurance carriers who are going to get confused, they're going to quote inaccurate information, and they're not going to be excited and competitive, it's better to work exclusively with one, maybe two brokers, make sure you're on top of which markets they're going out to, and you're on top of the story that they're communicating to these insurance, carry, uh, insurance underwriters so that they're putting you in the best possible light and making you look attractive to the insurance marketplace, which is going to strategically be the way that's going to get you the most amount of responses, the most competitive pricing, and then also put your broker in a spot, to your guy's point earlier, to leverage offers against themselves, Go to insurer one and insurer two and say, hey, look, I really like you guys. You are straight out the gate with great pricing, but look, insurer two is coming back with some really cool pricing, and they're throwing, doing some great throw-ins and ad backs for us. What can you do to sharpen your pencil? That's going to put the broker in the strongest position to do the best for representation for the clients and prospects you're working with.
2: There you go, people. Nice. That's, that's a good pause and a good place to stop, I think, for right now. Mm-hmm. So we are going to come back with episode three next week. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about. But before we leave, I want Peter to talk about the deal rights running for Power Producer Podcast listeners.
3: So we were down in Key West just a few weeks ago. had a great time with everybody there. Dylan and I came back and we were thinking, you know what? We love working with everybody in the Killing Commercial crew. We love the way you're all thinking about winning deals. We're like, why don't we put together a streamlined, standardized deal to get you started with Wonderright out of the gate, make it easy. We're going to give you our lowest pricings. This is the first time we've ever done any kind of... Uh, pricing discount to an organization to killing commercial members and podcast listeners just you know hit us up wonderite.com, 888 wonder you can call us we will give you the killing commercial one one ramp up special um just mention this deal and we'd be excited to get you started
2: there you you have have it. it that's it nothing else to say people have a great weekend we'll catch you next week see ya